January 8, 2023, and this is Ablecraft, episode 38. I'm Abel Kirby. And I'm Sir Spencer. The final episode. Oh my god. I said it. The final episode. No take backs. The final episode. Well, uh, since you're busting out of the gate uh, with that, I I actually made us something this morning. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you want to hear it. It's only a minute 40. Okay. <laughs> uh, hit me. Hit me. It's predictable. I'll warn you. I just did this in one take this morning while I was waiting around, so. Okay. Points, uh, points, oh. points for the singing. Uh, not points for uh, so you're losing points for having the whole goddamn intro. I knew, uh, yeah. Ah. I, I, I actually pulled it up and I was like, let's cut out like eighty percent of this intro, and it was just too close to the buzzer. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, you just gotta cut. I'll it. just, I'll just take heat for it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's the final one. We've been talking about doing this, and in typical Abelcraft fashion, we've scheduled several uh, episodes. We've scheduled this episode several times, and then um, didn't record. Right. Well, so, as uh, it goes, yeah, you know, it happens. I I'm still t- uh, keeping to my promise of drinking uh, brandy with eggnog here. Oh, I've just got even some. Even though, uh, even though you you threw it on me in the in the early morning days. <laughs> I've got the coffee that I got from the gas station down the road. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Which I walked to this morning. and That's pretty good. It's one of those machines where you uh, put your cup underneath and it grinds the beans for you. And, uh, oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe a step above having the, the uh, pot that's been sizzling there for the last seven hours before you get your, your cup. So it's a step definitely. above that, I'll say. The fresh ground stuff, uh, it definitely makes a, a big boost of a difference. Mm. Indeed. Well, we have some stuff to review. Uh, you know, it's been over a year since we put out Abel and the Wolves' first album, which was Stay a While. That's right. And uh, I played it right before this episode started, and I was wondering if you had any reactions, if you got to hear most of it. or Yeah, I, I kind of came in toward the end, um, but I, 
I did kind of give it a review lesson, and I mean it holds up. All of the all of the themes and music and stuff. It just kind of it's it's interesting because it has it had been a while since I since I sat down and listened, but um, I, like my the thought that struck me was like, why don't I play this more often? Like I don't know. <laughs> um, it it is um interesting that some of those songs are the kind of music that I really like, so I'm. I wouldn't say that I'm super satisfied. Maybe one or there's one or two sections of songs which I really like. I like how sure the um like the intro to stay a while with the drums, you know, like that that whole sequence of the, just through the first verse. I dig in that one with the bass and, and the synthesizers and all that. I like that transition out of like wine into that. Definitely. Um, a couple other parts that I like um you know, just the feeling of, uh, yeah. and, uh, but you know, overall, I'm, I'm glad we did it. It's, uh, it's not like I'm dissatisfied with everything. There's, there's a couple low points. I, I've always uh, thought that maps of home was really should have been rung out a lot more than, than it mm. was, but you know, under the constraints we were under, which I guess I put us under <laughs> for sure for the sake of getting it out or yeah, um, just getting it over, uh, getting us over the finish like, line. Like there's, a couple rough transitions in that song <laughs> that needed to yeah. be really better thought out. And, uh, like the, there's some thematic clashing. Uh, and I, I was thinking about it as I was listening today and saying, you know, that song would have been so much better if I just stripped it down, get rid of the electric guitars, make mm-hmm. an acoustic guitar, you know, strum and sing along would have been a little more compelling. And then I could have spent more time on getting the tones right. And, sure. Know, less instruments to deal with. Maybe that'll be a, a, a future release, the uh, Maps of Home Unplugged. Yeah. Well, I have a couple things I thought you might want to go through. Uh, I do have some of the demos and outtakes. that. Oh, fantastic. I don't think we've ever really gone through them. I don't know how many we want to get through, but um, I could play a couple, including a, I think I have a Maps of Home early version of the demo. Maybe that's a good way to... Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, after I uh, beat your ears with the <laughs> final Ablecraft <laughs> intro, I suppose it's only fair. So I think I have two different versions. I think this is the one marked Demo 1. And this is kind of what... That river rambles lightly all along the break of day With a thousand boyish branches Whisper words we couldn't say And so it's got a little different sound to it. Sure. Living for tomorrow I could never do And so on. Uh, there was another version of it. Let's see what this one was. I think this is a little more electric. Did that, uh, did that oh. harmonica make it into the, the, the art cut? No, it never did. Mm. That was, um, I think it That's had an A harmonica. I think the song was played in A flat at one point. Ah. Uh, and then I had an A harmonica, so I did a demo in A so I could play the harmonica with it. Uh, yeah, it's just other, you know, what could have been. Here's one sure. more. Here's one more intro. This was more of, I think I was looking for a Doobie Brothers kind of sound. I think the, some of this made it in. Maybe Doobie Brothers is the wrong <laughs> word. That's a little close to what we really got. Yeah. Now, I think if we stuck with that you know, I think I would have been happier with it, but you know, there's uh, there's that. There's also a couple things I have on the plate here, stuff that never made it in. Mm. Um, I'm thinking this might be the 
this might be the one that was most famous that we cut because we cut it live on the podcast. We, we removed it from the show, named the episode after it. It was called Deleting the Ghost. Remember that? I do, yes. And this was, I, I just have a little clip from the beginning so we could play it in. I don't, I don't know if everyone's heard this before. This is what, Monday Ghost was a song that we had together and then we had so much trouble playing it. And yeah. like, uh, Fletcher was going to do the bass for it, but it's like the, it had a strange time signature. Um, yeah, where it kept going between, I think a four four and like a seven eight time or something like mm-hmm. that, and we couldn't play it. Like it sounded good, and you could get, you could kind of start it. You could start it, but then as soon as we got into it, we'd always lose track, and it was so hard to record that we just decided to cut it. It was wasting time, you know. I think that uh, this track was the one sort of highlight of the difficulty of working remotely as musicians and not being in the same room together and being able to like just make eye contact and say something like no duh 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 duh," you know like some stupid shit like that that would make perfect sense in the same room but Mm -hmm. since there's delays and since there's you know all these constraints of of being um just digital and online yeah here's a 45 second cut face this time Cause all this heartache only makes it seem that all my life is just a waking dream So that was that was the intro to Monday Ghost, and it had a uh, yeah. couple of verses, a couple other parts that never made it to the the recording. I miss that track. Oh, that's a fun one. Um, we actually had a track we've alluded to before that you had uh, written. Oh, uh, yeah, a different ghost. A different ghost. This was the Tennessee Ghost. We almost had two ghosts yeah. on the album. And we ghosted both of the ghosts. <laughs> we ghosted both of the ghosts. I don't have your recording. I have the the quick take of the song i think i did a minute worth of maybe maybe i'll play 30 seconds worth or something like that of my take of uh tennessee ghost which was a little different than what you had but uh-huh i could play it right right up until i start singing and then i cringe and i want to it that but well maybe we'll listen to the whole thing anyway <laughs> this was another cut track you got to hear behind uh behind the scenes how everything was made Lately I've been 
gas and that my past transgressions gonna lead me to a certain doom. And that was a uh, take of Tennessee Ghost, which I think you were telling me was a true story. Yeah, it's uh, based on a back when the couch surfing was a bigger thing, couchsurfing.org and all that. Yeah, I had an account. We, we were couch. We were a couch surfing place. The uh, my uh, roommates in college and some guys from Tennessee came through to see the Flaming Lips and they did mushrooms and separately from us we did mushrooms too. But then like there was this incident overnight and this guy like went to the hospital and then they came back and they like didn't say a word to us and they just like left without any comment and like we assumed like the worst for the guy but they left his like shoes and his sleeping bag in our living room <laughs> and it was like just the eeriest shit i couldn't shake so i had to write i had to like write one of the few songs i've ever written <laughs> over it uh i do have that in the archives it looks like actually but i'm not sure oh boy Those yeah it might be a corrupt file you know yeah <laughs> I'll have to dig that out, see if I have, like, my version of it somewhere. I've got a couple, maybe one or two more things that I could play. If, uh, since we're, we're dumping everything right now, why don't we get through these? Otherwise, we won't, we'll never get through them at all. Right, um, yeah. I had a, one, a song called Mystic, which we were going to do, and I think we never... Let's see, I, let's play this and see what it sounds like. Pot it up. Oh, yeah, this one. That was one of those long intros. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I get the. Uh... <laughs> I'm a fool. Oh, I remember this. Yes. I get it. Fool eyes on his Oh boy, that was another one which never qu quite materialized. Mm. It was a mystic. Yeah. Let's see, what else do I got? I got Tongue Tied. That was a that was a song that I had written a long time before and uh I was thinking of doing a different version of it. We could check that one out. Let's see. Tongue Tied Demo 54. Meet me on the ledge over town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me what it takes to put an angel in the ground. Meet me on the ledge over town. Show me what it takes to put an angel in the ground. Yeah, that was that's as far as it mm. went. Uh, thematically different from everything else in the album, but we had a couple changes. I think one of the maybe it was Willow Brown. Yeah, I think we had a funny alternative version of this uh, of this track that's a lot different than the version that appeared on the album. Let's play that. This is an early alt version of uh, When Willow my Brown. spirit's worn from running When my hand forgets her cunning An eyelash on her fingernail It's Genevieve, it's Abigail It's that long uh, reverb uh, tail. I like that. Yeah. 
That was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that re- reminded me of something I can't quite put my finger on at the moment. Mm. And of course, somewhere I, in the archives, I have a couple of these things. I got like the first version of Making Beans that was ever done. <laughs> 49 seconds. This is The early beans. This is the early beans. You want to hear some early beans? Definitely. This, this is stuff you and I would know, but the, uh, I don't think any of the audience has ever heard it. So let's play earliest demo of making beans that I have. I can't sit still. 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 with it. Talking to me, but I can't know what it means. It's hard to pay attention when you're busy making beans. Cause up way up, I'm busy making beans. And I'm still preoccupied. Do you know what I mean? Oh my god, that was an Oasis impression I was trying to do. You, you had some ham in there. <laughs> some ham and cheese, man. I liked it. Yeah, mixed it with the beans, man. That was a good time. It really no was. No doubt. Some of, these, some of these sessions that we were doing, I think they're some of the most fun I had uh, in those years. Just, just screwing around with music, trying stupid stuff. Yeah. And in that case, that turned into something better because... The some of those putting in all those seventh chords because I was trying to think how would the guys from Oasis play this, <laughs> and I kept getting those breaks in there. So, oh, and those made it to the final version. So I was very very fortunate that uh, that I played them. Yeah. Um, there's only one more thing that I think I want to play, which is just because like wine, and this will be the last one. Okay. Um, I have an early version of like wine, uh, which I think is very different from the. The original. I think it's this one. Let's try it. Through my heart like water. running through my head like wine. Love, don't remind me that it's over. Love running through my head like that was something I was singing in the shower one day. <laughs> nice. And then I uh, figured out the chords later that afternoon and uh, recorded that <laughs> almost exactly. It might have been the day after, but it, it was very close to when I was taking that shower. A lot was, of fun. Uh, many a good song birthed in the shower, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. Well, there it is. That's uh, That's the review of the demos. That's everything I got that's worth listening to. Ah, <sighs> man. It's crazy to look. I mean, it's it's wild that it's already been over a year. Yeah, I was thinking about this on Christmas Eve. I was like, it's just I don't know, man. Mm. There's such a, a rapid pace of all of this stuff. It's funny because I was I was writing kind of down because I knew that this final episode we want to sort of have a full recap of what the hell's going on, so we could just send people to this episode forever um, to get the gist of it, but. Also, we want to kind of talk about, like, what went right and what we got, mm-hmm. and also, like, what is still needed, what and what maybe could have been better, or what needs to 
come to fruition for uh, the future. And um, just looking at what went right, I think just everything working was so astounding. Like <laughs> it just the first time we put it out, we published this RSS feed, and then you could just pull it up in all the apps, and it worked right away. Mm-hmm. It was already all, like all the structure and all the bones are there. Um, also, I think that one of the things that I'm proudest of, and I think that you would agree is the collaboration with the album artists and, and working splits in for album artists. Absolutely. For each track. Um, I think that that really helped solidify what this whole album meant to be, which is, which is just a proof of concept that we can publish independently music on RSS feeds Mm -hmm. on the podcasting 2.0 infrastructure and make any deal you want to make you can carve out any uh percentages that you need to carve out amongst yourselves just like independently Mm -hmm. and nobody needs to even sign anything you can do a handshake agreement you can send an email you can say all right well this is in the feed and then the feed is the ultimate truth and it's just code that executes nobody can weasel around it or you know embezzle it or fuck with it afterwards like if anyone does, it's all in the feed. And so it's like completely public and auditable at any moment. Yeah, I think the getting the artwork involved and realizing how the splits would work was really um, a seminal point for figuring out what this project was going to be for me. Because prior to that, you know, it was like, oh, we'll do an album and then I guess we'll get boosts or we'll get streaming sats. And, and as soon as we got into the split territory and said, wait a minute, we're going to have splits and we could have art for every album, for every song and that they could have splits too. And uh, like that was really um, interesting to think about because, and the thing, the thing that made it the most interesting to me is that you didn't have to have a guy with a spreadsheet Mm -hmm. who was, counting up the income and dividing by who's who gets what cut and then mailing out a series of checks, which is prior to this, the only way that you could do it because you couldn't program, um, you couldn't program easily a, uh, a system that would look at how many dollars were deposited in, in an account, do some math on it, decide how to do the rounding and then cut checks and mail them to these addresses. Like that prospect was so ridiculous that no independent artist was going to do it. Right. You need to be, you know, a major label can have some automation that helps with their accounting. But at the end of the day, there's probably still a guy who's doing uh, essentially a payroll kind of function. And realizing that we could do that automatically without someone in the middle was uh, really, really empowering. Uh, yeah. Maybe I mean, want to do more things. It's fantastic because if you think about a small project like ours, like we're in this weird spot where we've outperformed anything we could have hoped to get from Spotify. (laughs) We did. But if we would have done the same thing old school, like you're saying, and we would have had to have a guy cutting checks, we would have lost money Mm -hmm. because you got to pay the guy to cut checks. That takes time and money. And how long are you going to have him doing that? You know, like there's still boosts every once in a while coming in. Mm -hmm. So what's he going to, is he going to sit down every month? Is he going to sit down every year? How does that work? And, how is he compensated? So like it easily could have eaten up, uh, 
the entire stream of revenue. Yeah. But instead, we have this way to do it all automatically for no cost. <laughs> Just works. It's already there. It's already implemented. Mm. So, so that was pretty crazy. Um, I thought... I, I, try, I was trying to make a list of like things we still need, and I think that the two most obvious ones that we've talked about on a lot of different episodes are uh, a good music-friendly app, like a music experience of an app, and then also just kind of like idiot-friendly publishing and hosting. Because um, I've been talking to a lot of like local musicians, local artists about, hey, try it. Try this out. Give this a shot, you know? And the the friction there of of even trying it out or wrapping the mind around what it is we're doing is that took me by surprise i thought it would be a little bit easier to explain or to uh, i don't know get across but since there's not really just an easy place where you can click and post the thing and there's not really a easy app to pull the album up and be like, no, it looks like this. This is the experience. Um, you know, and, and I've, I've been trying to kill myself over a year to figuring out just even something very rudimentary to, to have as a demo to show people. And I'm still square one with that, which is, I don't know. I get really frustrated with myself over that, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just not, I guess, uh, not time yet. I don't know. We must still be that early. Um, one thing that made it really tough too lately over the past couple of months, and um, I've been sort of out of the loop on the music tag and the uh, API endpoint and what's going on at Podcast Index uh, over it. But I know recently that Dave was like trying to run through the entire 4 million plus feeds and just try to identify independently like what's what contains music mm -hmm. and label it such and for whatever reason as a result of that if you look at um the only source that i know of you can pull this up uh is curio casters music tab mm -hmm. and if you go there now there are it's just a flood of different feeds so there's a lot more to choose from but it's almost all noise and there's no signal so the problem is that this algorithm or how, whatever he's using, it's it's identified stuff that just has a couple commercials at the front mm -hmm. as music. It's identified things like, uh, oh, let's see if you can hear this. This is a, a transcendental meditation, which I wouldn't consider Hello there. music tag. And welcome to the Calming Anxiety Podcast, your daily moment of mindfulness, of guided meditation. So there's a guided meditation to yeah. I think Billy Bones did the music for that one. <laughs> there it is a, like it. Uh, it does sound a little bit like that. There is a weird um, internet school is what it's called. I don't understand. It has this intro. So that's music. Yeah. Pretty low quality, but it's music. And then the internet rest of right it. Now, it's really not well for preventing migraine and have few side effects that made a great impact on <laughs> is this guy uh can in your map uh aim a vig i don't know some drug cause hypertension and so it's just a it's just a podcast it's a talk <laughs> podcast discussion about can this drug cause hypertension okay 
that's now in the CurioCaster music tag. Uh, we have, um, and these are just, literally, this is just the top three. This is the top three I just went through. I didn't, like, go through to try and find, I was trying to find music. Mm -hmm. And just clicking as I went. There's this other... Make plan. Uh, there's an ad, of course, at the front. Mm -hmm. And then there's just like a long-form Spanish interview where they're sitting, I don't know, I guess a room away from the mic. Mm. I, I, have a I have a separate Sorry. problem with this, which is changing this in the podcast index database is really faking it. I mean, these podcasts aren't using um, podcast 2.0 features. Right. And what Dave's doing is flipping something in the database so that the podcasting 2.0 database is, uh, will surface them as music, even though they're not. Um, and, yes. and regardless of how well that works, I, I'm not actually bothered by the fact that it's difficult to do because um, I've tried to do this exercise myself, and it sure. is really hard Yeah. Um, to find out which podcaster music. Uh, I've done a couple rundowns in the history of Ablecraft on yep. music podcasts that I've been able to find that weren't value enabled um it's very very difficult to to find them and review them and uh the accuracy of your review depends on how much time and effort you're willing to put into it and you know there's so much stuff out there it's that you're not going to make any money on the returns are so low of yes trying to fix someone else's broken rss feed that i i don't care i don't want to do it no um, i don't I think, think it's that, worth dave's uh, time either i agree and i think that that's this is the problem that happened is like some initial run was done and then it was looked through and this a problem was identified. And then step two is going to be to try and go through and filter them further, which is going to take way longer than the initial grab did. Why not go back to just give me the feeds that said a, me a medium music. They identified themselves as music like we did. Mm -hmm. And uh, like uh, Dave's son's band did, mm -hmm. and like Signs of New Growth did, and a few others. Uh, the last time I remember looking, there was like 13 feeds or something like that. 13, yeah. 15 feeds. All of them signal. There was no noise. They were all music. They were all legitimately music. Mm -hmm. So I think there was this, there's this problem, obviously, if people really want music to be the next thing, it makes perfect sense it's clear cut the path there and everyone's being like well what piece of the puzzle can i solve and for whatever reason i think uh dave said well if there were more items if there were more feeds that were music to return app developers would be more excited about making an app to put them in I but i think this this proposition, when I'm looking through the CurioCaster music tab, this is actually less exciting to me now to make a music app for if it's going to return all of this. Yeah. Like, now, uh, I, now I have to weed through this uh, to try and listen to some music, and it's, and it's actually like a, a higher hill to climb. Yeah. I think that the quality of results has to be more important than the number of results. Absolutely. And it, it's got to grow organically, like piece by piece like people actually have to care enough to say oh yes i am a music uh my medium is music and i want to be on podcasting 2.0 like you have to opt in we can't just say oh yeah these guys these guys we want them in and we want them in mm -hmm. uh even 
even if we found quality stuff, like I'm not sure about the the rights of all of that. Like you as a publisher need to say, hey, I want to publish it in this fashion. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's going to be way stronger quality moving forward. You could put together an organization where someone would reach out. You either looking for stuff that's already licensed in a way that you could put a medium tag on it without and, and host it. It, you know, separately from where it's hosted, put a medium tag on it um, and, you know, publish it as a podcast or some things are licensed in a way where you could put a medium tag and a value tag on it and license it as a podcast, put it out as a podcast um, to the point where even if you put it out there and you had the sats going back to you, it it would probably look bad. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of taking someone else's music and selling it, but, you know, right. At, at some level that happens with books when you have uh, something that goes out of copyright next thing you know everyone can publish a copy of the thing um, and uh, you don't get a dime from it because it's uh, public domain so stuff that's in the public domain um, I you know if you put if you publish your stuff into the public domain uh, you, you know what you're asking for so I don't worry too much about that but it's a it seems like a poor form thing anyway um, there's some hay to be made with reheating old, um, th pre-existing things, stuff that's already out there. I don't think this is the way to do it. I think uh, the way to do it would be to get a little organization together. You're really talking about static hosting. Right. Um, you're, and, and most of your time is going to be spent identifying which things are worth listening to. And it, it, essentially, you're becoming a curation organization. This could be a curation organization of like one person. <laughs> but it's... Uh, I think a more appropriate way to do this than changing uh, the database inside podcast in, or any anything. You know, you're changing your own private database. It doesn't reflect right. what the RSS feed actually has. Now you have a problem where you're centralizing um, in a way where you really shouldn't have to. I agree. Uh, the podcast player or the music player may just use an indexing service to find out where these things are and whether they have tags. And then what I always have to do with the podcast index anyway, when I'm doing scripts for statistics or when I was looking for music feeds is I go and I ask to return the feed URLs and then I go and get the, the RSS file and parse that separately because sometimes you get more information in that that's not in the podcast index database. So, you know, if, if I either have to choose from results from podcast index that don't give me the whole answer or they give me a modified version of what the, the truth on the, on the podcast or the music's website is, you know, on their server, um, you know, I don't like that so much. I, I wouldn't want to have to, I get a, a return from podcast index that says this is music. And then I go over and I pull the RSS feed and I can't find the tag that tells me how to deal with it. You know, it's uh it's almost like mislabeling it on purpose. Yeah, it's it's just kind of I don't know. It feels like a sort of a, a hail mary of sorts, you know. Which I mean, I get because trust me, I'm more frustrated. I get. I promise you, I'm at least as frustrated as anybody, if not the most frustrated person on earth about there's no music experience right now. Right? Uh, I've wanted it. I've felt like maybe I could help bring about some of it and i have brought about none of it and it's frustrating as all hell um just to be just to be really real like it sucks to have 
thought about and stayed up like not being able to sleep some nights about what should this should look like what it should do what i should be able to do and then just to be at like trying to spin up a react app and not being able to pass authorization headers to the api and just like getting so frustrated and walking away time and time again like that's a shitty feeling okay and i get the frustration i understand it perfectly i promise you but the solution isn't really like dumbing the results down isn't going to help move anything along any faster like i really feel like part of it is just getting people regularly in the same place to collaborate on this thing because i don't think it's like a one-man situation at all it could be but there's just not the the perfect storm of person Mm. who both knows everything about how to do it and cares about it you know mm. like those of us who are really invested in the in the music idea don't have the time or the bandwidth or the depth of knowledge in the code to be able to whip something up even i mean i just wanted to get something rudimentary and, and mm. i'm still like I, i'm not saying i've given up all hope and abandoned it like i still am slamming my head against brick walls but like I've stopped talking about it because I don't know. Like I don't want anybody holding their breath waiting for my ass to come up with something. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I totally get it. Like I get why someone would be like, Hey, I can at least do this, right? Maybe this will help, but we want to make sure we're taking steps forward, not backward too. So I yeah. don't know. I don't, like what, what's the solution? If I knew I would uh, already be doing it. I think we're doing the right thing now, which is just putting a cap on this project. And sure. what one of the things that I think Ablecraft has been doing, which is a negative, is it's kind of filling the niche for um, this kind of thing, for active development on music projects, at least for me. Yeah. And because this, uh, at this point, kind of vestigial podcast, since, <laughs> since the thing that it was created to accomplish has been accomplished, and now right. we're kind of moving into different territory um it kind of takes up that place in my in my mind where i said oh i should be working on something with music and then i always think oh but i should do ablecraft and it's not that i don't like uh going on the the uh, call with you and doing the show obviously uh but it's the the fact that it's there i think is uh kind of closes some doors and by sure putting putting a bow on this and putting it to bed and saying it hey, here it is we're done um it opened some space in my life to work on the next things i want to work on i think it's i suspect it's going to do the same thing for you and yeah, uh, it'll stop being so. baggage uh i also think that maybe for the the people out there who have loved this podcast and followed it along and might be a little bit sad to see us go like maybe this creates somewhat of a vacuum for other people to say you know what like I could do a project, I could do a music thing, I could I could enter this as well. And I hope that, if anything, it inspires a little bit of hunger out there um, to jump in and, and, and do something similar, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, we've had some people cheering us on uh, in boosts lately. Uh, yeah. Even, uh, we've got some from Stay A While, uh, I think since the last time we talked about it, we got... Um, 333 sats from N4VX saying, stay a while, 2.0. Yes. <laughs> it was a couple weeks ago. Um, since the last episode, 
We also had uh, 17,776 stats from Boobery. This was for Abelcraft saying, Mom, I just want to drink a fucking Pepsi and listen to Abelcraft live. Which is funny. Uh, I think a reference to suicidal tendencies there. There you go. Uh, the uh, 11,111 sats from Mere Mortals came in for Abelcraft. Uh, this was back in October, right about the time of our last episode. It says, are you guys aware of any other cool stuff being done with V4V and music outside of P2.0? I believe you're not a fan of NFTs, Spence, but how about <laughs> you, Abel? Anything else piquing your interest? <laughs> yeah, how about them in, uh, MF, uh, NFTs? Those, how about those NFTs, man? The MFZs. Those MFZs. The Z stands for zeros. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, my favorite thing that I learned about was this um, service where in order to claim a loss on your NFT, you have to sell it for less than you bought it for. And it's a service that buys NFTs just for the sake of you being able to claim them as losses. <laughs> Oh, my God. And uh, I heard about that earlier this week. I think it was earlier this week. Maybe it was late last week. Um, Hey, it's the weekend. So, yeah, it must have been last week. (laughs) And, geez, I should drink more coffee. The... uh, when I heard about that, I said, yeah, that's probably the conclusion for NFTs. It's like the liquidation service. Right. My take on that was, I bet it would be awesome to have that liquidation service because one year... uh, you're building this collection of these just stupid things. You could open a museum, and that's what these guys should do. They should open up a lost museum. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And that's uh, pretty wild. It's like such bear market bullshit, too, to be like. It'll be the best thing to come out of uh, NFTs. <laughs> just about. I a gallery. So. You could even, I think what you should do, what they even should do, is print them out and hang, put them in frames and actually have a physical gallery and call them NFTs, even though they're photographs of files that were, links to them were traded as NFTs. But anyway, I that's, think that, that's uh, my feeling of it. There are a few different things out there, and we've talked about them on a few different episodes, but uh, one that kept coming up, I think, throughout was Wave Lake. Yeah, Wave Lake. W-A-V-L-A-K-E, wavelake.com. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that there's definitely potential there. Um, they're thinking along similar lines. Uh, the last time, and now they may have changed a few things because it's been a while since I visited Wave Lake, but the last time that um, the last time that I went over there, there was kind of like a jukebox situation, mm-hmm. uh, which... I saw as sort of a socialized micropayment system, like a socialized paywall where anybody could quote unquote boost a song. And then what boosting a song does is it gives it more plays for everyone. So someone, you know, there's like your track has X amount of plays left for the, for the, you know, anybody on the site to, to be able to play. And then if you want more plays for a song, you have to, pay in and and add more plays but then anybody can use those plays Mm. so i think that's a flawed model for a number of reasons one is that it doesn't incentivize paying at all (laughs) no two is that the kit it puts this very low ceiling on people who do pay and then three it doesn't really shame freeloaders at all like there's no aspect of uh it's it's just not an upfront like the reason i love value for value and why it's so pure is because there's no like upfront gotchas. There's no like uh, collection. No one has to walk around and collect. 
It's just a simple ask of like, hey, did it give you value? Do you see value in this? Return it. That's all. And if you don't, you're a dick. <laughs> and uh, if you do, you know, or else you're wasting your time. Like, you may be listening to stuff that gives you no value, which you probably should change, you know, you should probably think about your choices and uh, listen to more valuable things. But um, with with the paywall stuff, it just, it puts the ceiling above your head that you can't climb over. So nobody can, there's no incentive in a system like that to come along and say, oh, I want to drop 99999 chats or I want to drop, you know, whatever I want to drop. I want to throw in, in fiat terms, I want to throw a, a thousand bucks on it just because, just a flex. Mm -hmm. There's no incentive to do that in a system such as that, and, the, and, and it's no, there's no visibility either. Like, yeah. nobody would ever know. It's got to be, we, you know, V for V is a little like the strip club model. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to, uh, you know, it's a status thing as well as, like, a I can do that thing. Like, there's certain guys who, it's no skin off their ass to throw $1,000 at something just to be like, hey, I appreciate this. And I want you to appreciate me back, you know? That's what I say in a strip club. Yeah, I appreciate this. I appreciate this. And I want you to appreciate me back. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I think people will come around eventually. And I don't think... Uh, this has been a frequent discussion because I'm like the value for value guy in my Bitcoin group, right? And uh, most people are either like, Oh yeah, that's cool. I support you, or they're like skeptical or whatever. And and a lot of guys just like feel the need to say, I don't think it's ever going to be like I don't see how this becomes mainstream or the main thing. And I said, I don't, I don't think it ever will. I don't think it's meant to be. I don't think everybody will be on value for value ever. But it's the best way to do it to remain independent and remain free. Uh, I don't think that you're going to ever get the Joe Rogan four million dollar deal on value for value either. But the, there's a reason for that. Like, there's a reason that all this money comes in. And you have to give, you know, there's trade-offs on all of that. Um, Rogan being exclusive and getting cut off of a lot of different uh, places he used to be played. Mm -hmm. uh, cutting back and compromising on some of his material or places that he'll go or things that he'll cut out or edit. Uh, episodes in the back catalog that he'll get rid of. All might be a a price to pay for that four million on the other end of it and the nice thing about value for value is you're in the driver's seat and you're in control and you're free and you're independent and yes that's never going to be subsidized by the mainstream machine because it's not following along and getting in line and selling the boner pill mm -hmm. but but what what does that cost what does that cost you in terms of content in terms of quality in terms of you know, your soul and sanity or whatever in terms of your genuine presentation. So I don't know, like I, it just seems to be like people are only surface level evaluating this whole value for value concept and um, looking at dollars and cents and looking at numbers and clicks. And there's so much deeper that's going on that you can never really truly comprehend until you get in on both sides of the value exchange. Not only do you need to, you know, try to put a value for value product out? But you need to also consume and support other value for value products or else it's not going to make any sense. You got no skin in the game. There's no reason to care. Mm. Well, what are our next moves? 
Well, uh, aside from endlessly frustrating myself trying to come up with some music thing, uh, I I may have talked before on this show about uh, a, a concept I had called clip slip. And uh, the, old, the old clit slip. <laughs> the clit slip. Uh, let it slip. Yeah. Uh, well, clip clip slit was a concept where you could put a clip in the slit and submit clips. Uh, most specifically, I was selfishly wanting it for this show that uh, has been in hiatus, Misinformed Nation, where uh, it was like a show about shows, right? So it's a clip show about other shows that Booberry and um, myself and, and Gwiff and Chris and a, a lot of other, like we had a rotating cast. Uh, I remember of, that. Uh, in a stream people that would go in and out, in and out. You know, I, I've, I've made public comments on that show before. You know what I said? What did you say? It was bad radio. That's bad what I radio. said about. <laughs> uh, I didn't know you were talking about that show. I thought that was a different show. It, it was actually, uh, that clip was in reference to Misinformed Nation. And Boobery clipped it. He stole it for his. It was yeah, bad radio, man. He, wanted, he wants his show to be bad radio. <laughs> yeah. He wants behind the schemes to be bad radio. Um, but anyway, it was, it was kind of occurring to me with this, uh, new sound clip, um, namespace feature that's been worked out. Now I need to like read up on spec and study it a little bit more, but my original concept would have required like saving these audio clips to a database and then having to figure out, oh shit, like is, are people just going to spam upload a bunch of MP3 clips to my database and, uh, make this un unsustainable? Or um, am I going to have to beg people to go and pull clips into Audition and chop them out or uh, Audacity or whatever program they might happen to be using and chop them out and send them to me? And then it occurred to me if we leverage this, uh, this new clips feature in Podcasting 2.0, theoretically you should just be able to put timestamps in and point to the file that you want to clip and then you're just saving a data point, and you're saving a JSON object, essentially, instead of saving an entire MP3 file. And that your database woes go away at that point. So I think that um, that will probably be something that I pursue in the future, is, is some sort of a platform where you could just make clips and so each user could you know fountain sort of has this concept but um i think that the the defaults and everything are very low as far as the boostability of it i think people should be able to make like playlists of greatest hits of clips and have a situation figured out where they take a 20 percent cut of any boosts that go just to that clip and then the red uh, 80% goes to the original value tag of whatever show they clipped. Um, I think that's just a way to generate more noise and traffic and also get a, a, a little bit shorter of a medium. You know, we're so long form in podcasting and V4V that um, a lot of people just want shorts. They just want like 30 to two minutes, 30 seconds to two minutes. Mm. And so that that might open up a whole new ecosystem. Well, where I I'm not sure where I'm going next. I'm uh, not going to stop doing music. I'm not going to stop doing podcasting. Uh, no plans right now. What I think I need to do is stew for a minute and find mm. out what my next uh, next thing is. Sometimes it's good to just um, 
turn all of the noise down a bit and, and wait for for the next opportunity to knock you know maybe it's been knocking but like you said having the show running with uh updates and uh, i'm sure you've got messages of when's the next tablecraft when's the yeah. next tablecraft and it's like we're in we've been in this spot where we really have nothing new to say per se uh maybe this opportunity has been knocking and we just haven't been able to hear it you know yeah i do want to thank Stephen bell also by the way for alerting me to the fact that the website was down when he was trying to test something um i guess it just uh what what it was is my domain expired and they never they usually at least ask me uh if i want to renew it but i have auto renew set up on all sorts of stuff but for some reason that one domain was just like oh oops you're expired so i got it i got everything put back together Thanks to Stevens, watchful eye. Because uh, contrary to popular belief, I don't go to ableandthewolf.com uh, every single day. It's not your homepage? I know. I, do we still I have, to, do homepages still exist these days? I, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't think I have a homepage. It's like the new tab uh, window. <laughs> uh, blank tab. I want a blank yeah. tab all the way. Yeah. Well, I've got uh, one final boostagram to read. Uh, okay. I think we can end the show with, uh, if you're okay with that. Uh, yeah, that sounds good to me. All right, this is 6969 sats from Hey Citizen. Hey Citizen Boosting Ablecraft says, Good night, sweet podcast. It was fantastic while it lasted. Oh. Well, thank you. There won't be a next time, but I'm, uh, I'll still be able, Kirby. And I'll be uh, still Sir Spencer. Hanging out in the ether. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, Booberry gets one in. 17,776 sats. Mm. Ooh. Able stew. <laughs> well, stew on that. Yeah. He says I'm wrong about my quote.